So, fuck yes, welcome to Hype. Always Brian with me as always is Chewy Darso. Hi. Emily Blake. Yeah. And now, until John comes back, we have Sam Garrison. Woo! I thought John was dead. Yeah, well, until he comes back to life, I guess. Well, John is, is Jesus! Yeah. <laughs> and you know, in Hollywood, they like to say when you have kids, you're dead. It's true. Now he has two. Yeah. Oh, what a the fool. Worst. Who would have kids these like days of age? And he lives in like Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Sometimes yeah. kids just happen, you know? What do you mean? <laughs> you might have a surprise at the end of May. Cool. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by the way, you've been putting on a lot of weight. I'll just bring that up Fuck now. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, okay. Special guest this week. We have Paul Kruger back. Hail and well met. Uh, you were on Swiss Army Man, right? Uh, yes, yes, that was me. Okay, yeah. I, I have trouble remembering what episodes I have people on. I just remember they've been on, and then I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I've talked to them about a movie. <laughs> I don't remember which one. Yeah, and I remember, because last time I said, you should bring me back to talk about Jupiter Ascending, and ah. instead you brought me back to talk about the second best space movie ever made. Oh, boy. <laughs> have we ever done an episode on Jupiter Ascending? No, because I don't like it. Oh, <laughs> I like dogs. Yeah, I, a, I love dogs. A, I've always loved dogs. An interesting episode now since it's been such a long time and we've gotten such a it's, mixed bag of sci-fi since then. It's yeah. really after the hype. Yeah, that one couldn't be more. Um, uh, but we'll do a quick round of uh, pre-plugs, if you will. Uh, Paul, you have a book out. Do you have another one coming that you're allowed to talk about or no? Or? Uh, I have a lot of things going on right now, and I unfortunately cannot talk about any of them. Okay. Um, it's like you're important or something. Yeah. No, it's... Listen, here's the thing. Being an author is like being a farmer. You know, you show up at the state fair with your big old pumpkin, but when you're not at the state fair... You're just kind of tilling the fields and, and putting fertilizer in the soil and stuff. And them gourds is growing. Um, and right now, my gourds is growing. <laughs> okay. Somehow uh, that just sounds so dirty. Uh, if people want to read that old work. soil. Is that what you put on your Tinder profile? <laughs> my oh, gourd is growing. Man, I should reactivate Tinder just for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've alienated every other eligible bachelorette in L.A. Dude, no, don't. Don't go on Tinder. Go on Farmers Only. Oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm um, a word farmer. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the book you alluded to uh, is called Last Call at the Nightshade Lounge. It yep. is a fantasy novel about a secret society of bartenders who fight demons with alcohol magic. I read it. It's good, and it has drink recipes. It's true. It does. I own it. I bought it, but then I'm still reading it because I've been reading it for page. like nine months. But when I get done with that, it's the next one on my list. <laughs> it's, no, it's okay. It's This is L.A. Nobody reads. You guys are just reminding me how much I That's miss true. alcohol right now. Mm. Alcohol and reading? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Being okay, able to it? lay down in a comfortable position. Do you like alcohol? Do you like reading? Get night, Last Call of the Night Shade Lounge. Oh, it has go. both. Yeah, it's perfect. true. Uh, anybody else have anything to plug early before we move into where we've been doing? No, great. Okay, uh, so where have you been doing? I will go first. I have been playing a game called Trackmania Turbo. Uh, it is free this month on PlayStation 4 Plus. Uh, it is basically like if you're not familiar with the Trackmania series, which I did not know was a series, uh, it's basically kind of a mix of Mario Kart and F-Zero, but on very, very short tracks. Like The tracks are anywhere from like 20 to 30 seconds, and you just fly Would you say it's like you're living your online life a quarter mile at a time? Sure, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a great way to look at it. Okay. Uh, 
goodness. It Those is, are both games where I just constantly crash or spin my way off of the, the ramp oh, yeah, like, you, all the time. So you I would can do that imagine. a lot in this game. Okay, cool. Um, cool. And the problem is I the game... I see frustration being high. Oh, yeah. But they it's such a well-made game where there's a it's a one-button restart. So like mm. if you are flying off the course, you hit one button and the entire thing is started over instantaneous. So it's not like, oh, it's a reload the whole thing. It's just super fast and keeps you playing. Um, and it's just gorgeous and fun and stupid and I could not recommend it to anybody highly enough, even at the $40 price tag, which is where it usually sits. But if you own a PS4 and this episode still comes out in April, which I think it will, uh, you should definitely pick it up because it is awesome. And if you have VR, there's a VR aspect to it as well, uh, which almost made me throw up everywhere, which means it's good. So you should play it. But it's uh, it's a little insane. Uh, but that's it for me. Uh, for me, I'm not going to talk about Grim or... Law and Order. Good for you. Okay. <laughs> Emily is very sick of hearing me talk about those two things. I don't think it's just me. <laughs> it's not. Um, yes, fine, it is. whatever, guys. Uh, I will life, talk about Brooklyn Nine Nine instead. <laughs> I love oh, that. That's a good show. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine is on my list of shows that are underappreciated and wonderful. Uh, actually, Brian keeps mentioning to me that I need to at some point actually write a article that's been swirling around in my head that. Pretty much if you have a show where that has a truly diverse cast in every way, it will do poorly in the ratings. <laughs> Not yep. The Good Place. The Good Place is actually doing pretty well. It's getting a lot better. Good Place is yep. a bona fide phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same dude. Also, wonder appreciated. There's the word you're looking for. Huh? Oh, I like that. Wonderful and underappreciated. Wonderful, wonder yeah. appreciated. Yeah, yeah wonder, wonder appreciated. Yeah, I like that. That's good. It's like um, you do word stuff. <laughs> it's just because uh, pretty His much every show <laughs> that I've enjoyed that had very diverse casts uh, will stick around for a long time, but just never get the attention or rewards or anything that they ever deserve. I felt mm. that towards Sleepy Hollow. I feel that towards uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, because they're still in the bubble. They haven't gotten confirmed for their next season yet, and... Honestly, they're not even on the bubble anymore. They're all considered likely to not renew. That's really oh, disappointing. So good. Yep. I know, and it's got such a, an amazing cast between every spectrum. Where you got, you got your Italian, you got your Jew, you got your Hispanic, you <laughs> got, got your, your black, you got you got everything. I, it sounds like you're grocery shopping I, for races. I, I, <laughs> one of the, I think maybe one of the reasons is like I love that show. I never know when it's on. It comes on. There'll be a few episodes, and then all of a sudden it'll disappear for it's a while. It's true. And then They've it just had long. They're their mid-season break yeah. was way too long. And they don't advertise. And also, their Twitter account, which I follow, will regularly live tweet old episodes. So when new episodes come on, I don't... I'm like, I assume it's an old episode they're talking about, but it's a new episode. So, I, yeah, it's a, a thing. Yeah. Sorry, everyone's blasting in my head. I need can't do oh. this whole episode. Uh, but, yeah, it's frustrating because it just seems like with those type of shows, they just start... The moment they start to lose a little bit of faith in their product, they just start burying it. And then, of course, it's not going to do better because you're not believing in your product. Well, uh, and it's Fox, and Fox yeah. is known to swing that axe real fast. But this one, it's Fox, and it's just it's finishing its fifth season, which means it has syndication. So like, the yeah. chances of it coming back are slim. It was just frustrating because the last episode I watched was a bottle episode, which you know normally in a show... Bottle episodes are just budgetary things they got to do every now and then so they don't have to spend much for that one. And it was just, uh, let me remember all their names. Community had a good one. Jake yeah. with Captain Holt interrogating one guy in an interrogation room. That was the whole episode. It was just those three characters. And for a bottle episode, it was fantastic because it was all examining Jake's over, you know, ego and how he's way too confident all the time. And 
whether or not Hope believes in him. And it's a classic trope they keep doing around the whole show constantly. But they did it great. For a bottle episode, I was just like, I didn't even realize that was a bottle episode until the very end when one other character showed up. And I, <laughs> I was just like, oh, wait, I didn't see anybody else in this episode except for them. And just that makes me sad that, yes, so it's fifth season and it's going to get canceled. It's really sad. At least I got five years. I mean, yeah, a bit of a but, positive side to it, but, but it does we, suck. And it's just because Rosa just came out as bi earlier mm. this season and it would be great for them to explore that with her, but it's they're not going to now. Yeah. yeah there's not a whole lot of good bi representation on there TV. There isn't. No. Because there's so, still so many people that don't even understand how bi mm-hmm. works. Yep. And her dad's played by Danny Trejo, and who doesn't always love that? <laughs> the man makes a fine taco. I also and love that he's, he's basically mm. playing the same character on... Um, on uh, The Flash, and he is the same character Protective when father. he was on yeah. Rick and Morty. Yeah. He was really good on The Flash. He's like, very better good than at I playing a scary dad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Emily, what about you? What have you been doing? Uh, I watched Jessica Jones season two. Ooh. It was still Jessica Jones. There was still some cool stuff. I like, uh, there's one scene where she, where some guy, the guy goes, uh, punching, uh, putting your fist through his face won't change his mind, and she goes, that has not been my experience. <laughs> um, so I love that still, but I feel like this, I, I think the common consensus, and I agree with it, is that season two is just not as good as season one. And and I feel like this season was wrapped up in a more specific, it was a less universal issue, and I'm even, there was a lot about mommy issues, and I'm even someone with major mommy issues, and I still had trouble because it just, I don't know, it seemed... It also didn't seem to give her much agency. At the end of the season, I'm not going to spoil anything specific, but like at the end of the season, it didn't feel like last season where she was just like, no, I have the power, fuck you. And then and then you're like, yes. It felt like all of us, you know, being like, fuck you, asshole dudes. This season was more like, oh, these things happen to me. And I'm Jessica Jones, of all people, who's like sick of bullshit and doesn't tolerate it and does her own thing, seemed like a weak character at the end because all these things just sort of happened to her instead of her having the agency. And so I think that's that what was, I was the, afraid so she was the a, weakness. In she was more of reaction instead of like Yeah, proactive. especially toward the yeah. end of the season. I, I was kind of disappointed in how it ended up. It was I, like I, a backdoor origin story that ended with moms are bad, okay? Yeah. Like it was... And in the end, she didn't yeah. even solve the problem in the end. It was yeah. Some, it was solved for her. And I think that was kind of disappointing. I still enjoyed a lot of aspects of it. I liked her relationship with the new guy. Um... He can get it. He can get it. <laughs> um, At not- some point here, I'll actually sit down and watch all the new shows that I've been meaning to watch yeah. and not just keep watching Grimm and <laughs> Well, there are a lot of episodes of those shows. Yeah. So. I'm almost done with Grimm, actually. I'm very sad about it. I'm not. <laughs> I love Grimm. I'm okay. I need to watch it myself. You've never actually watched it. So. I, I just I need to watch it myself because all I do is I walk in on the worst episode. Going, <laughs> no. this show looks terrible. He never walks in on the worst episode. He walks in when they're deep, like talking about voguing and all the different characters, and so he has obviously no idea what's going on and what these words are. Yeah, I know they sound dumb. <laughs> they're German. <laughs> <laughs> I never said Germans weren't dumb. <laughs> I'm from there. I can say it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's how that works, right? Well, yeah. A lot of, <laughs> yeah right? Speaking yeah, about yeah, how much people from other countries hate it when we say we're from there when we're not. Oh yeah, totally. I'm definitely not from there, but I'm kind of from there. <laughs> Three generations ago. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Sam, what about you? Where are you been doing? I have just finished watching Santa Clarita Diet, which was I've heard it's another. Delightful. I've heard a lot of good I, things. I might go out. I'm going to go out on a limb. I've been thinking about this because I knew I was going to be on the episode this week. Mm-hmm. It might be the best show I've seen on Netflix. What? Whoa. 
it's strong endorsement. Strain, better I'm, than Stranger Things. Yeah. That's oh, what for sure. Says is the no, best. no, 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 no. Because no. it's like <laughs> this is actually all the jokes are so well structured. The setups and payoffs. I love the characters. They they behave consistently. It, it's just so well written, but it's so campy and so dumb. But mm. it it knows it's it's like. Everything is done with a purpose, and I love it. And I love Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant have the best chemistry. I think that's it's like this really positive marital relationship in the middle of this chaotic, fucked up, gory show. Like at the end of season one, I was watching it with my fiance, and we were both like tearing up in the middle of like what might be the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but we were also both like crying because there was this beautiful, heartfelt, and it it. It wasn't purposely tugging at your heartstrings. It's just we had grown to love these characters so much, and yeah. it felt so good. I was not expecting to enjoy it. I started watching it because Timothy Oliphant and Drew Barrymore were on the Joel McHale show. I saw. I was just thinking about yeah. that. And it was so freaking <laughs> funny. Justified. Yeah. It was so funny. And they were so funny together. We were like, well, we're watching this episode now. And we just we got through the whole series in about a week. Wow. And it's I, so good. I feel like it's not fair because now Timothy Oliphant is also funny. Like he needed to be more perfect. I know. How dare you be so attractive? He started in comedy. He started in yeah. Timothy Oliphant started in comedy. Him getting cast as like a hard ass in Deadwood and getting cast as a killer in Scream Two. In Scream Two. In Justice. In Justice. What was that? Justified. Justified. Which I love. Justified. Could talk about that one forever. You know, he was a drug dealer in Go, but he was kind of a funny drug dealer. Yeah, and he was he was really funny as a pornographer in The Girl Next Door. Yeah. But yeah, him getting cast as like a killer and a lawman were actually him playing against type that became his new type because he was so good at it. Because uh, I'm with you. I, I love Timothy Oliphant in that show. I mean, Drew Barrymore obviously is the anchor of it. But Timothy Oliphant's reaction shots are, <laughs> I think, the secret in the sauce. Yeah. Really. A hundred percent. Oh, it's so good, though. Like, I, I can't. Everybody should be watching this show. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I like uh, seeing their new advertisements where at first I thought it was a real realty company mm-hmm. advertising on park benches. And I'm like, oh, no, wait, that's for uh, that Netflix oh, show. That realtor looks an awful lot like Timothy Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> would definitely buy a condo from him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then we but would then his bang wife might it. eat me. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a possibility, uh-huh. I suppose. <laughs> uh, Paul, what about you? Uh, okay, so I started watching uh, an older show called Steins Gate this week. Now, um, I love shows that have a puzzle box structure, um, and I, I I have the patience to see one of those shoot through, shows through to the end, but the problem is that I'm only two episodes in, and I have no idea what's going on, but I am enraptured by it. <laughs> as far as I can tell, Steins Gate is about this low-rent, mad scientist-type college student and his friends who live in a slum in the Akihabara district of Tokyo. Oh, this is an anime, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, it, it's an anime. Um, and they, I think there's time travel involved because, it, like, it, I'm trying to think of what to say without spoiling it, but just, first up, there is a falling, uh, a falling satellite that crushes a building, but when he tries to warn someone about it, apparently his text came three days ago, and... I think I think what they're building towards is that the main character has time traveled and hasn't gotten to the point where he's time traveled yet. Wow. And then it's going to get crazy and trippy and puzzle boxy. And I've been told that if you give it like six episodes, things start to make sense. So I'm really early in that right now. And I'm again, I don't know what's going on, but I do love it. And the animation is gorgeous. The music is really good. Um, and yeah, yay anime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. I haven't watched a good anime in a long time. What was the last good one you watched? Uh, the first half of Death Note. Ah, uh, yeah. That 
The first half of Death Note is a good anime. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and then it falls apart. I recommend Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, I've yes. only watched the. I've watched half of the first run of Full Metal Alchemist, and I really enjoyed it. And then I lost my internet connection at that time. Um, and I never got back into it when I got internet back. And I've just Brotherhood completely is fallen out yeah. of anime in general. No, I know. anime it's, is life. Yeah, I know it does. <laughs> I still need to see uh, what is it? Your name. I heard that was phenomenal. This Your name year. was my favorite movie of last year. Yeah. It's one of my top five favorite movies of all time. It's wow. incredible. I've heard it's really wow. good, and then I've heard oh, does it Abrams is making the live action version? And it's like, <sighs> it is my hope that Abrams bought the rights to sit on them so nobody else could make it <laughs> because that movie is perfect, and it's also it's so rooted in Shinto culture. I can't imagine them transplanting it and localizing it to America. We just we don't have the analogous concepts in our culture to make the premise of the story work. That's interesting. You just told me something that I'm like, oh, I've seen them do that many times, and those are always bad movies. Yeah, those, those never work no, out well. No, I was just thinking about it the other day. I have yet to see a good live-action adaptation of an anime. Nope. Never. There's always what do you hope mean? for Cowboy Bebop. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, there'd be hope. We shouldn't but do that. I, didn't that just celebrate its 20 year anniversary? It did, it did, like yeah. on Tuesday. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I thought it was very recent. The yeah. only movie that I consider a live action anime, even though it's not related to an anime franchise, was uh, Scott Pilgrim. Oh yeah, yeah. but it, but it was styled very manga esque. Yeah, in the original yeah, comic. Actually, no. I just thought of a really good uh, anime adaptation, Speed Racer. Speed Racer is an yes. incredible movie. Yeah, I actually movie. really enjoy that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a really it captures the manic energy of the original run of Speed Racer perfectly. I just I wish they had trimmed like a half hour out of it. Legit, I would love it if it wasn't. Over I was two happy hours. to spend all the time in that. Uh, I, I, I get I it. I feel like but... you're due for like a Wachowski battle. Yeah, we really so... should do one. Can I be the Does judge? <laughs> We'll discuss later. I don't later. know what I would choose. It comes back to Jupiter. Because otherwise I'll win. Whenever yeah. I'm on, it always comes back to I Jupiter. Think Maybe Cloud, just I think there. Cloud like Atlas is incredibly underappreciated. Dibs on the Matrix. Yeah. That's like my favorite, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, so I'm, movie. If anybody else takes it, I'll beat them. Cloud Atlas was beautiful. Yeah, they, just, yeah. they, they make some, so many good movies. They do. Talk about mm-hmm. underappreciated. Wonder appreciated. He already dropped the word. I liked it. Yeah, wonder appreciated. Wonder appreciated is its own podcast, I think. But we should move into today's. Yeah. What are we talking about? Uh, a little film did okay. Uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi definitely didn't do as well as they wanted. It, it to. did not do as well as they wanted because there was no way for it to. Because Disney was out of their mind thinking this one would clear two billion as well. Like, I mean, I, calm, honestly, calm I don't down. think any more of the Star Wars movies are going to. Nope. No way. Yeah. No chance. Yeah, the the haterade that yeah. I was thinking was going to happen in a couple years has already started. Yeah, it's also we we hadn't had a move a new Star Wars movie in like a zillion years, so it was a big deal. Now yeah. it's like oh we're getting one every year, so it's less necessary. It's like they you know shouldn't be doing. It's like that. superhero movies; well, you don't have to wait so long to see one. So naturally, not as many people are going to rush out to watch it. Well, okay, so hang on, because this movie has been so uniquely divisive uh, among all Star Wars movies. I want to just go around the table and everybody, without articulating your position, just whether you liked it or not. Like, did you like it or did you not like it? Oh, I liked it. Yeah. Okay. Chewie definitely liked it. I like it. I liked it. Okay, so we all liked it at least, and now we can articulate. I've heard a lot of. I'm prepared to discuss a lot of arguments I've heard from dudes I've dated about why this movie's not good. Before we do any of that, though, Mm -hmm. we need to do a 30 second breakdown. Uh, I apologize again this week. It is not on camera because we do not have the right cameras here. Fuck John you, died. John, for dying. Um, <laughs> I really hope he listens to these episodes. He, ever since he's been on the show, he kind of stopped listening to the show. So I'm not sure if he's going to hear us just keep talking about how he's dead. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. What a dick. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Do you guys listen? I mean, we were already here. Uh, I listen. Well, I have to listen when I cut it. And then oh, I listen to yeah. my car to make sure that uh, the levels oh. still work out. I don't out. listen. Uh, I started listening to a couple episodes I wasn't here for, and then I was just like, 
I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm not it's on my it. It's really I, I, I listen to the podcast when I wasn't on it. Yeah. Now it's like, I don't I need listen to listen to, to myself. I listen but, every Friday morning with Lottie Aww. on the way into work. Aww. Well, she looks like one. a. She, I think I started to listen to it, and I was like, because ah, I was like gonna try, and then yeah. I was like, but I just start thinking about clowns. Yeah, and then I was like scared. <laughs> they just got in your head. Yeah, the image of a clown is a clown. <laughs> As I'm driving, <laughs> it's like you. One thing is you gotta be thankful to the amount of restraint Brian and I as trolls have yeah, I appreciate have it. held towards you because I, I the, every time I see something online about. Yeah. Or in life about clowns, I think of you and Brian's sister. Yeah. And I text Brian's sister. <laughs> I, text I, I guess you. thanks for not being horrible. <laughs> uh, okay, Paul, are you ready to do a 30 second breakdown for The Last Jedi? Yeah. Can you describe this whole movie in 30 seconds? I think so. Okay, cool. All right, so here it is. Star Wars The Last Jedi in 30 seconds. Here we go, 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 go. Okay, Ryan Johnson watched the second episode of Battlestar Galactica and then decided to turn that into a whole movie. And then he incorporated a lot of toxic relationship tropes uh, that he ultimately subverted, which I really appreciated. Meanwhile, Oscar Isaac is incredibly handsome, but not a good planner. And he spends his whole life sassing back to women. And then at the end of it, all the women follow him, which I don't think was necessarily the message Ryan Johnson intended, but that is the message that came across, which is a whole other thing we can talk about. And Rose is cool. Asians oh. in space. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so happy I didn't cut off the end there. I was just about to. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm a, by the way, I'm, a, okay. I'm Asian, right. just so you know. I'm what just I, going to Google that because I want to see how many porn hits I get. Oh, Asians I'm in space. I'm sure you oh. get quite a lot. Oh, man. Send uh, me those links because that sounds good. Yeah. I, like, to, just to be clear to the audience, I am Asian. I, yeah. I, can, I can invoke Asians in space. Can, can, if you're not Asian, can you not invoke Asians in space? You can. But we'll know. <laughs> All right. We'll talk about it at the meeting. So the, the internet is better I than like I thought it was space. going to be, guys. Yeah. It, it doesn't just have porn come up right away. It actually comes up with a list of Asian astronauts. And then oh. <laughs> comparison of Asian National Space Program. Oh. It's always kind of nice space. when the internet doesn't yeah, let you down. Yeah. <laughs> you just assume porn will come up. Yeah. <laughs> I have it on good authority that porn is what the internet is for. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it in a musical once. Um, okay, so with, starting with this movie, we, we've already kind of done the, the round table of whether or not we liked it. Um, the one thing I want to try to avoid doing is just comparing this to the rest of the franchise, which I think is very tough to do with a movie that's this many deep. Um, but as much as we can try to stay focused on just The Last Jedi, I'd like to. Like, as great as you might think Force Awakens is or isn't, or, or Rogue One is or isn't, like, we're here to talk about. That's actually what I liked about this movie is yeah. how unlike... It was its own movie. Yes, absolutely. I, I think that's so special and so unique, especially in where we've, like, films have basically turned into yearly television releases. Everything is so yeah. serialized, and this mm-hmm. truly seems to stand on its own. I, I like that they even sort of made you think it wasn't going to. It opens with basically the evacuation of Hoth, and then it yeah. takes a complete left turn, and it becomes a totally different movie. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this... It really makes me, uh, to go exactly against what I just said I was going to do, it really makes me <laughs> wish that Ryan Johnson had been charged more from the beginning. And whether or not you liked him or not, it, it's more that Abrams went and made a very good remake of A New Hope by using the structure of A New Hope to tell a new story. But it just it stayed too close to the source material. Whereas this one, you can look at it, and if you go beat to beat, you can see the framework of Empire Strikes Back. Like, it's in there. It's not blatant but it's in there and he used that to make his own very different standalone film which i think is very impressive i just think that they're two different type of star wars fans because 
honestly, when you look at all of the things out there and all the people out there, there's a big divide between what people love about Star Wars and how they interpret it. Like, I... A lot of times I just don't talk to people about Star Wars because to me it's very different fandom than a lot of other people. Like, mm -hmm. Sam and I have even gotten into fights about it because I know Sam loves the marketing about Star Wars the most and I care about... That's the deep-rooted... Not the most, You're but... You're so corporate, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> but you've, we've talked about how you think the toys were the big, like, reason that Star Wars became Star Wars. No, I think it, it's... It, because it is the boilerplate for franchise filmmaking, it's yeah. important. Yeah, like, it's, mm -hmm. it's an important piece of cinema. It's... It's as important, I think, as like the first movies that were made because it has given us modern cinema. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah. modern cinema isn't just the movie. It is the marketing and the merchandising and the fandom and the response to that fandom. And that's why I think Star Wars, it's, it's so important in a way that I don't think people fully appreciate or grasp yeah. sometimes. See, I, I totally agree with that. And yeah. I yeah. When I think about Star Wars, I like that aspect of it. But when I think about my personal fandom, <clears throat> that's yeah. not why I'm a Star Wars person. Um, and it's like no, but even if that's not why you're, I, I'm a Star not Wars, articulating yeah. this well at all. Yeah. No, I, but I, uh, I, I, but the basis of what I'm trying to say is that there are different versions of a Star Wars fan. There's like what, I, like how I saw Star Wars, and then I wanted to consume everything story driven that was Star Wars. Like I enjoyed buying the stuff, but I really read the books and I read the comics, and I really wanted to be involved in everything that was happening in the universe. Nice, the Old Republic and, is still the greatest game ever written. Yeah, and then you have <laughs> other people who only watched the movies and mm -hmm. say they're the biggest Star Wars fans ever, and a lot of times I get really mad about that, but then I have to hold myself back and be like, okay, that's just you. That's <laughs> you think you're the biggest Star Wars fan ever. All right, it doesn't have to be a competition. <laughs> yeah, I know, but there's a lot of things. I think the, all of those things can be true. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have to step yeah. back and be like, all right, everyone's fandom's different. And for me, the difference in whether or not you appreciate Last Jedi versus Force Awakens more is a big illustration of that. See, for me, I found that the contrast is less with Force Awakens and more with Rogue One. Because yeah. a thing I've noticed about both Rogue One and The Last Jedi is that both of them were movies that endeavored to take a franchise that was very staid and set in its ways and expand what it could be in very different directions. And yeah. I find this isn't, of course, a universal rule, but I have found in my informal experience that people that really loved Rogue One did not care for The Last Jedi and vice versa. I have the yeah. opposite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love them both. I feel like the yeah. opening sequence with the bomber run mm -hmm. was very Rogue One. It was all about sacrifice yeah. And, yeah. and you know and heroes and all. No, of that. I know. I'm saying. I'm saying again. It's not a universal rule. I'm yeah. saying that I found that people in my life tend to have liked one or the That's other weird. and not both, we, which I find really so interesting. It, it is yeah. very interesting because I have the opposite in yeah, my life. Same. Mm -hmm. I have yeah. people that are die-hard Force Awakens people think that's the greatest one that's come out so far. Mm -hmm. And I always say, no, I like Rogue One more. <laughs> and I like all three, guys. I yeah, I mean, but there's there's something to be said for all three of them. But there is some, like, it is, I think that Rogue One and Last Jedi complement each other more they than do. they do Force they're Awakens. They're way more. I don't, yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing yeah. either. Yeah. It's just kind of how they're coming about. And I think. I, We're doing the exact opposite of what Yeah, I know. So I, I want to move more into just Last <laughs> Jedi. We, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can I do that? Yeah. So for me, what was so special about The Last Jedi, everybody, like, I. I think it's been pretty clear on all my episodes. I fucking love romance and film. And finally, yeah. Star Wars was sexy. <laughs> like, 
oh, I've been waiting for that for so long. Can you put on a towel? (laughs) I have been waiting for that for so long, though, to have like this big mythic world and then have it come down to just like two people like kind of getting under one another's skin. Yeah. yeah. And the the fact that that was the central conflict in the movie, it finally felt like I've always loved Star Wars. I'm definitely a fan, but it's like, "Oh, you finally get me." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I cuz I was so hot for Kylo Ren in Force Awakens, and I was just people were like, "You shouldn't be hot for that guy. He's evil." And in this movie I was like, "Yay, I'm justified." Okay, it's okay. But he's still really he's evil. Still really he's still evil, evil yeah. but he's yeah. really it was obviously a sex symbol situation. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about the evil. Actually, I don't know about the evil part. I mean, yeah, he's like a selfish child. And a yeah, mass murderer never, who yeah, killed his own dad while looking him in the eye. I never found a lot of mass of murderers in a lot of movies, though. I um, can't find a child to be attractive. Of, so. Yeah. No, but the but, amount of people who love Loki, you know. Yeah, uh, but I don't get that either. Yeah. I get Loki more than I get Kylo. Like, Kylo. I would go to a Thor orgy, let's yeah. be real. <laughs> a Thorgy. Yeah. Thorgy. <laughs> oh, man. Pun game is strong this week. Uh,. But there, there's. I'm some... done the rest of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> she's in her happy place. Um, there, there's moving into just Kylo in general. Like there, I really love the character of Kylo more in this one than I did the first one, and I think that's very similar to Vader, where Vader was sort of just like a, a picturesque bad guy in the first one, and the second one became a full fledged character. Yeah. And I like that they kind of did the same thing in this one, where like Kylo went from basically just being a whiny bitch in the first movie, which again, not complaining about that, to like a fully like, I want to control my own destiny. God damn it! In this yeah. one, and yeah. just like seeing that internal struggle throughout the whole movie was great. And his real like he's so lonely, and that's why yeah. like because there's no one for him to relate to. He killed everyone he could relate to, yeah. and and now here's Ray, and he's just sort of like. And I think that's actually this. It's weird because he is an asshole, but the 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 sad moment when she rejects him, and he's just like, "Fuck, oh, that was." But but he won't come over to her side so he could do that too he could help her and he makes that choice Uh, i'm actually that please he has is like one of the most like heart-wrenching like oh my god and vader would never ask please for anything and like there's there's a lot of people who think that that sequence is him lying to her to try to convince Mm -mm. her to go Mm -mm. to his side there's no fucking way it's the only time he's really sincere yeah that is a sincere desperate begging moment of like i don't want to be alone please come with me i mean it starts all the way back from when he first took her took his mask off and like started yeah. talking to her in that room, mm-hmm. realized when she pushed back against him, he was like, wait, whoa. And immediately, oh, here's someone like me. Here's someone I can relate to. Holy shit, maybe I don't have to be alone the rest of my life. And I feel like it was simmering in his head this entire time. I think it's also that relatable tragedy of falling for someone when you see the potential of the relationship instead of seeing how fundamentally mm-hmm. it wouldn't work. Like yeah. he, he sees everything she could be in his mind. Yeah. Without seeing the fact that she's a fundamentally better, more good person yeah. than yeah. he is. Mm-hmm. And and it's I think we can all relate to that in that moment too. There's so much sympathy where I think we've we've probably all been there or yeah. been on the receiving end of that. And that's where this relationship was so lived in and honest yeah. and in the middle of an epic space battle. I love yeah. it. That's yeah. one one thing that I love about Ray, not to turn it away from Kylo, but yeah, to turn it away from Kylo. That's fine. Um, yeah. I, Please. One of the things yeah. I love about Ray as a character all, all the way through um, is that she does do that. She is a little bright spot. 
that everywhere she goes, what my favorite moment of hers is from The Force Awakens when she just goes, I bypassed the compressor. <laughs> and she's so excited. And then he's not excited. She's like, oh. Because I feel like she's so bright and shiny and believes and, and, and is just excited to be alive. And so everywhere she goes, look what she did for Luke. Like, she brought Luke back from depression. She gives everybody she meets hope. And I think there's a part of Kylo that thought she could do that for him, too. And that's not her fucking job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like he thought maybe she could save him as a person. And she's just like, not my job. I'm walking away. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are a lot of women she, who would have been like, okay, I, let me save you. I can she, make you a better she, man. She gave it a shot. Like, she actually yeah. tried. And when she realized there's no saving yeah. him, she walked away. It wasn't yeah. like she was just like, eh, you know what? Fuck no, that. no. Yeah. But she walked away when it was going to be unhealthy. Yeah, I think exactly. she, mat- she was very... I agree with the, she's always like a bright spot where she's not quite a cynic, mm-hmm. but I also think that she grew up a lot in this movie mm-hmm. uh, because especially I love the sequence when she hands Luke the lightsaber and he just throws it away mm-hmm. <laughs> because to me, I once I watched this movie and I got to see the, everything through his lens, that lightsaber represents failure and loss and everything negative to him she doesn't understand that because she does here she's such a hero worshiper at the beginning of this movie and then she learns how to be the hero at the end of this movie so i love that transition from her mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's to bring it back to the force awakens like we wanted to um <laughs> no i've i have long held the opinion uh the force awakens is an examination of what it means to be a star wars fan because it's yeah. centered around a bunch of characters who grew up idolizing Star Wars and suddenly get to live the fantasy. And that Rey and Finn and Kylo are all different examinations of what it means to be a Star Wars fan. And I think that examination continues in The Last Jedi. I think this is where you see Rey grow up from being a fan to being a contributor to the canon, so yeah. to speak. Sure. You know, it's... Uh, and the same goes for Kylo. Kylo is a toxic gatekeeper who thinks that he can own what Star Wars is. Um... And then he gets mad when everybody doesn't want to play things his way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then he's still kind of the same at the end, but he becomes a full-blown Sith at the end. He mh. he fulfills the circle. He kills his master. And I'm very yeah. excited to see where he's going to go in the next movie. Although I, I wonder if they'll like give him choice. an apprentice. Uh, they well, he wanted Always it to be Rey. Rey. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. but it's supposed to be two. Yeah. Ah, yeah. But, but Kylo Ren has not identified as Sith. There's yeah, a, he there's said, a let difference. the Sith die. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a difference between being... Uh, a dark side user and being a member of the order of the Sith. And, well, I, I know yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. the whole, like he, even so he's saying he doesn't want to be a Sith. He still completed the task of yeah, a Sith. Yeah. You know, he did, but he also did that in an act of burning down everything that came before because he didn't want to preserve the old order. This ended up actually being the fundamental conflict between them is that Kylo wants to burn everything down. Ray wants to build things back up. Yeah. But isn't there something about how much he wants to push back against the old order that he accidentally just falls into the old order of things? Well, that's kind of the history that repeats itself. Yeah, the the more he tries to run from his destiny, the more he's just running straight at it. And I think that's why he's so upset. Like, he is the child. What do you think about it? He is the child of two of the most significant people in their universe. Yeah. Like, these two people created a rebellion and ended up saving everyone and he's also a force user and he's also supposed to bring back the Jedi. That's a lot of fucking pressure. Yeah. And I can see why he's fragile and and decides he can't handle it and and pushes back. I mean, doesn't make him not an asshole, but you can sort of see where that comes from and why he's like that. The same way one of the complaints I've heard is that this isn't the Luke I grew up on. Well, of course not. He's like way older yeah. and he yeah. also has a lot of pressure. He Luke got a lot was, of baggage. Yeah, Luke was supposed to 
save everyone and he didn't and now he's like well fuck it why should I even try I'm a failure I mean that would be such an epic failure you, know, you, would, you would not recover from that well, that's what we Brian and I just discussed a lot yesterday about the reasons we love this movie and how the movie is uh, about failure the entire mm. movie is about everyone failing and then trying to make the best mm. of it everyone yeah, fails everyone really fails at some point in this yeah. movie and for me it's also about destroying your heroes because yeah. Ray lets go of her hero worship. <laughs> mm. This Rose, who we haven't brought it up yet, I love her moment of destroying her hero worship because she's... That's like right out of the gate. Yeah. yeah. Because she she's doesn't get to have a hero. Pra- yeah. She's <laughs> praising yeah. Finn the whole time. Like, oh, I'd heard about you. You're so great. All this. I'm like, what are you doing? So who does she fall in love with, though? Did she fall in love with Finn or did she fall in love with the image of Finn that she had in her head? You know, I don't know. This is one of my few critiques of the movie. I... I wish they had done just a little bit more to sell me on the Rose-Finn connection. Because right now, as I read it, Rose is super into Finn. Finn is not necessarily into Rose. I wish that relationship could have been a little more defined. Mm -hmm. Don't have to give me much. Give me, like, two longing glances of her looking at Finn at one point or another uh, to show more of an arc. Because it did... Like I kind of sensed that they were going there, but I didn't feel like they had quite earned that moment. No, the, yeah, the, was it didn't feel like romance to me. No. It felt more like I think I'm dying. I'm just gonna kiss you now. Which I mean, but, if John Boyega is hovering in front of your face and you're dying, like you miss a hundred, you miss a hundred percent of the proton torpedoes you don't launch. <laughs> I I guess that's that. Like I'm curious to see where their relationship goes because I don't even know if that kiss felt terribly romantic I, no, it, it didn't, didn't feel romantic it, to me at all it, it felt, felt like a like goodbye a, a yeah love yeah. triangle there's there can have a yeah. non-romantic kiss it's yes. gonna be a love triangle that was by far i the... think you're probably right i don't want you to be right but knowing I that abrams is taking yeah. over you're probably no right. there, there are certain ine- well, there, and there are certain inevitabilities better. with star wars you have to just learn to live with like the fact that solo is almost inevitably going to end with him making the castle run oh yeah for sure yeah like somebody somebody said that to me in passing and the moment I heard it I realized with mounting horror that there was almost no way that Solo could end any other way than him making the Kessel Run or no the Falcon making the Kessel Run yeah. <laughs> they always specify that it's the ship not him the yeah. only thing that I'm nervous about with Solo just to say it and get, move on yes is uh it. Whether or not <laughs> <laughs> it is a very unnerving movie because it's been such a roller coaster of a production. But if they end it tying it directly into a new hope, I'm like, that chronology makes no sense. Don't oh. do that. I want a Lando movie. I just want to watch Donald Glover in that cape. Yeah. Just yeah. look oh cool. My God. Lando Unchained. Yeah. I'm convinced Lando Unchained. that movie's yes. going to end with him walking into the cantina, but no, that doesn't matter. Because it doesn't uh, make sense. Last Jedi, last Jedi, last okay, Jedi. Okay, okay, but, okay. We just love so Star Wars so much. Turning to Finn and Rose. I do think that was by far the weakest part of the story. The the scene where they raced through the the casino planet on the backs of those animals went on for way too oh my, long. And, yeah. and was they really cut it boring. in half too. Oh, yeah, God. we watched that extended cut. I started getting frustrated. Oh. Yeah. It felt like still trans- happening. <laughs> it felt like being transported into a kid's movie. Yeah. yeah. Like a legitimate I mean, I know Star Wars it is was, a family film, but yeah. you know what I mean? But you went back like, to episode one, yeah. you're pod racing. It's, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. the difference between Last Jedi and Phantom Menace, which yeah. one's a kid's movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it was so unfun. And I don't, my my tolerance for Benicio Del Toro is limited anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, fuck Shocking that. that he turned on them, guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was I like DJ. Yeah, I thought he was but, pretty cool. Like I, I like fun. Space Monte Carlo in general. I think it's the secret that makes the movie work. I didn't yeah. like it really. Yes. To me, it just felt like a big sideline that was filler, and there's no huts or Twi'leks in there, which yeah. was yeah. just weird. I felt like they were just giving Finn something to do. Yeah. You know, see, I think here's the thing. 
obviously you guys are all storytellers. You all understand this, but for our listeners at home, a story is rooted in, if you use the hero's journey model that George Lucas used, you start with the ordinary world. That is how a story begins. That's how you provide context. So the hero has something to fight for. This movie starts with everything already under fire and everybody moving. You don't have an ordinary world. You get through the first act largely on momentum, but eventually you need to zoom this movie out and ground it back in the larger galaxy. And that to me is what Space Monte Carlo does. That is showing you what the resistance is fighting for because otherwise a bunch it is of just dicks gambling? No, the, ki- the kids <laughs> in the, the Okay, kids yeah, in the they're fighting for the kids. Which is like there's a reason why the that's what the movie ends on, which in, yeah. incidentally, the other reason why Space Monte Carlo works is because that last image yes. is so powerful and so moving and I tear up every single time it happens uh but yeah I just I think you need this movie to prov- you need Space Monte Carlo to provide scope I just, I, I, th- I agree with that but I there's too much monologuing in it that actually just upset me because like when Rose does the whole look deeper thing to Finn I'm just like okay now we're see I come from anime it's all monologues (laughs) I had no problem with that and I really I really enjoy the the kind of like pulling the veil back just a little bit on uh, this war isn't important to everyone like because everything we've seen in Star Wars for so long has all been it's the rebels versus the the first order or the uh, empire or whatever and you have to pick a side because this war is like universe engulfing horror show or you can be rich yeah or you can be rich and like (laughs) this one did it like i like the whole thing of like yeah you know to most of us in the galaxy maybe not most of us but to a large chunk of us you guys are just doing your own thing and it's kind of annoying that you get in the way yeah Uh, like and blow up up whole planets yeah like i like that dj even has that one line of like got you they're blowing you up today you're gonna blow them up tomorrow and in a way he's right we know what's gonna happen in the third movie Mm -hmm. so like as much as like his character might not be like the greatest character in the world i liked him but i can understand why people don't i i like that he he brings in that point of view which we've never gotten in a star wars film yeah not really no yeah which goes back to i think this is a movie that tried to expand what star wars could be star wars traditionally has been very binary in its outlook on the galaxy and on morality and this movie was all about finding those gray areas and i think you need a character like dj to do that i think he's it's almost like he's you talk about how this is beat for beat empire strikes back i think well, not he, beat for beat but the frame yeah, is there. yeah. I, I think yeah. he is the boba fett figure but i think he is a much more interesting figure both because he says things and because he <laughs> actually stands for something yeah boba fett yeah. is just a I just never he just looks real fucking cool. Right. No, because he. It, it, <laughs> Another thing that was more explored in the design. books that other people don't appreciate. Mm, sure. In Legends. Yeah. Oh God, she's more gonna throw. Than, a, she's gonna throw a knife at you. Don't do that. Don't, uh, don't, <laughs> don't Disney it, you asshole. <laughs> that was something that I really appreciated about this movie is how much it did try to turn the the whole mythology of the Force on its head. Even it's so funny as much as uh, Ray was trying to build stuff up, she's expanding the powers of the Force in a way yeah. that actually makes it feel magical and not mm-hmm. just like an ancient religion with some mumbo jumbo it actually feels yeah. very this movie felt very um like Taoist to me in a but, lot of ways like yeah i do i, I do tai I chi. yeah because they, they yeah. borrowed so much from asian cultures and yeah. then they didn't employ any asian people whatever it's fine <laughs> now they did asians it. in space but, yeah, but <laughs> one, <laughs> one asian in space no it's something no, there's no. Pilot from the, yeah there's jessica pava there's bays and malbus <laughs> and not that I've been keeping a list or anything. <laughs> there's a couple Asian extras in this movie. Sometimes. Yeah, no, there's there are a few. And my um, boo Donnie Yen was in Rogue One. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bays and Malbus. Yeah. Um, uh, no, Bays and Malbus is one person. Bays and Chiru, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. It's very Taoist. Um, but I also like that it it found a way to make midichlorians stay canon while 
adding Mystique back in so the Force isn't just space leukemia. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> like, they, they found a way to tie it into biology, but as you say, they managed to cr- to add mystery and wonder back in uh, after those layers had been sanded off. Yeah. And to their expanding of the Star Wars, or the stars, the Force powers, is actually one thing that with me and people who say they don't like this movie, or I just want to punch them, because in the books... Uh, they had explored the effects of the Force on you physically multiple times. And they illustrated with other characters where if you exceeded your level of being able to control the Force or just, you know, just exhausted yourself, you will burn up from the inside and die. Mm. And they did that with Luke. They specifically did that with Luke. And they gave him a beautiful send-off that was completely... Of his hero journey coming to full circle of him dealing with all of his faults and still being able to save the day. And they gave him a wonderful send off that other people are like, well, how did he just disappear? I'm like, okay, not whether, or not, read, <laughs> yeah. whether or not you read the books. That's literally how they all do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. you at least saw the Obi-Wan previous movies. Yeah. 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 Some people said yeah. this came out of left field of Obi-Wan no. did it in the first film, you idiots. Oh, <laughs> by the way, these people complaining about these new star- these new force powers that are coming out of nowhere. Why were they not calling bullshit when Palpatine suddenly shot lightning? There was never any yeah, indication you could yeah. shoot lightning. That's yeah. the point of having a new movie is to expand yeah. the possibilities of Thank what you. the Force is. And I love that we have two characters in Ray and Kylo who are genuinely interested in doing that. And oh, I just I loved this movie so much, like philosophically yes. what it stood for. I love that. I love that nonviolence was a genuine mm. solution. I feel like we need so much more of that in the world right now, and to see Luke choose the nonviolent action and still be a hero and still save the day mm-hmm. and get everyone out safely and do it as an act of love and sacrifice. Yeah. I yeah. can't ask like, Oh, just, I'm sure he went into that knowing I've never projected my yeah. way. My yeah. projected myself like this before I am going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think it's so special. Cause I feel like so like movies tend to fetishize violence in a way that's been making me more and more uncomfortable lately and to see a big movie like this a big event film not blow up a whole city to take place in kind of this very concentrated space and where the goal was not to kill people this is very much a story about us all the potential in all of us um banding together um you know to escape the empire but also one of my favorite things is that ray is not special she is special, yes. but just because she's special, not yeah. because yeah. of who her she's parents are. She's special because the Force chose her, yeah. not because of any well, weird lineage or anything. Yeah. She's she special because she's Rey. to be good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even, even more, the, the, one of the things the Emperor says early on in the movie to Kylo is, I chose you because of your parentage. And, you know, for, for the Emperor, that was so important. But yeah. like Snoke. the truth is, or yeah, Snoke. Sorry, I just um, assumed Snoke was a clone yeah. gone bad. Um, for for um, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, Parentage for yeah for for Ray to not have special parents, but Ray was chosen. Ray was the right choice for the Force. But the fact that there's the kid at the end is so significant because there are always going to be Force sensitive children. Mm-hmm. The Empire or the, or the First Order or whoever cannot stop that from happening. And so you can keep trying to kill Jedi. You can keep doing it. But but we always know there can only be two Sith at any given time. So are you just going to keep killing them? They're going to keep rising up. And it could have been any one of those kids. They could have that uh, BB-8 could have landed on a planet 
with, um, you know, some other Force-sensitive kid who would have followed that journey. It could have yeah. been anybody. It could be any one of us. And that's what's so cool about that kid with the broom at the end. It's like, first of all, this kid also could have the potential to be great. It doesn't matter who the hell your parents are. And also in that moment, am I, I can't be the only one who was like, yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Because that's exactly what that moment was about. It was like all of us being like, fuck, fight the power. Fuck it. We're going to do this together. And I felt like that made it also very timely for where we are right now. Yeah, there there is something that's really cool about the movie because all the other Star Wars films and books, legends, whatever you want to call them, like they they've always they always deal with the Force, but they don't really, except for the crazy bullshit Medichlorian like way over explaining. They don't really ever try to explain fully yeah. how the Force works. And this one, like, they did it so smart between the, the scene between Luke and uh, Ray, where he's like, "All right, so what's the Force?" Like, "Well, the Force are uh, superpowers that Jedi's have." And he's like, "Okay, let's let's bring this back to what it is." Everything you said is wrong. Yeah, and yeah. I, I love that. I love the whole thing of like, no, we need to go back to what like it's basically Ryan Johnson going. Let's go back to where we started on a promise of all these great possibilities that we then got shoehorned into the family drama, which was great and some of the best movies ever made. But it's like Ryan Johnson taking a step back and like, no, we need to like blow this world up and take a look at what we can do. And that whole thing of uh, the storyline of however powerful Kylo Ren gets and Snoke even says it, his opposite will rise because the Mm -hmm. force will always balance itself. Mm And I love that because that just plays like bigger in your head. So there's only two Sith. That means that the Sith are most likely way more powerful mm. than any one of the Jedis. Because if it's going to balance itself, those two will have more power than the hundreds of Jedis that we had before. And now that the Jedi are basically gone, and we only have two Sith, and now one person who's becoming like the main new Jedi. The last Jedi, in the fact. The last Jedi. It's the power just, whoa, Is tilts. The rule that there has to be two Sith. I'm curious to see how arbitrary that is or what the Force has to say about it because Kylo it seems... It was a self-imposed rule in the yeah. Sith culture. Because Kylo seems sense, to be ready to break that down. He's got his Knights of Ren, which yeah. we haven't seen yet, but we've heard a lot about. I'm curious to see what he starts doing with them. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that's the thing. The Force just got blown wide open. It has yeah. been democratized to some degree. And if it is about balance... Mm-hmm. The more bad you have, the more good you have, the more good you have, the more... So it's it's about... You need those gray areas. And I guess yeah. I'm so excited to see what happens with the third film because this world just got blown open in such a big way. And, it's uh, it's yeah. not and the I'm, religion anymore. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and I think there's an interesting contrast between how George Lucas viewed The Force versus how Ryan Johnson is displaying it because in the prequels, George Lucas create, envisioned The Force in that the light side was inherently balanced and the dark side was an inherent imbalance. Mm. And Ryan Johnson seems to be advancing the idea that instead light and dark need to exist in harmony. Um, and I find that both more interesting and uh, a welcome change. I, yeah. I love that Luke and Kylo were basically two sides of the same coin in that, in that Luke was just like, no, it needs to end. And Kylo's like, no, it needs to end. And it's like, but you're both coming at it yeah. from two completely <laughs> different angles, but the same like theory. Um, I want to move into some of the more complaints. Like we can go some of the internet complaints for this thing or the non-internet complaints. Um, I've got a big one. I I also have a big one, but I'll let you go first. Uh, why did Admiral Holdo not tell them her plan if it was as simple as getting on the escape pods and going to a fort? Because the very little that she did tell got leaked to the enemy and people yeah. fucking died. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what. That, that one I had a problem with the first time I watched it. And then on the rewatches, I'm like, okay, no, it's not explicitly said but it, it kind of makes sense I, look I can under I have read some very good explanations for why that choice was made I would have liked the movie itself to make that case better sure yeah yeah um, it, it does seem you do feel like problematic because you want her to be able to trust everyone that works underneath her but then you can still understand the need to not 
the need to knowness of of being. Yeah, uh, can you imagine if she had top? to stop and explain what and, she's and doing to every Poe, single person? Who's just yeah. so emotional and just going nuts right and now. And just you, got people killed. Yeah, you yeah. can't trust him with information right <laughs> God now. Like Poe. he's completely compromised. Like he, if it wasn't a life or death situation, he'd be pulled out of the ranks right now because he cannot. He is. Operate. He is obsessed with being the hero, and yeah. he needed to be put down a little bit for that. Because uh, she yeah. and I like that she kind of told him like being the hero means making tough decisions, and she had to make several and not telling yeah. some of her mm-hmm. subordinates in choosing to epically blow up the fleet which was like, awesome oh was my god that was, <laughs> was one of the most beautiful things I have ever it seen it still blows my mind that it had to be explained to other people like, way to go AMC theater goers oh my god <laughs> Uh, for those of you who don't know, AMC had to hang up signs outside the theaters for Last Jedi that in the third act of the film, there's a part where the sound cuts out and, and that's it's intentional. Not a mistake. Because I was, people would storm out of the theater and go, there's a sound cutter! I was very angry because the dude next to me in that moment went, sweet! And so, like, ruined it. The entire oh, theater. And people, yeah. people started chuckling. I think I chuckling. stopped breathing. Yeah. yeah. I was so into that moment. Yeah, I was. Uh, I saw it in uh, the dome uh, at the Arclight. Over awesome. on Yeah, over on Vine. So this is a theater of 800 people. And we're, of course, already really into this movie. So you're feeling the energy coming off of this gigantic crowd. And then Holdo drives that ship through the fleet. And when the, the hush hit the theater, you felt all of the air leave the theater, too. Mm. It was like nothing I had ever experienced. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's fucking incredible. It's a wonderful moment. It is. Uh, but I feel like she actually does tell Poe in, in indirectly, like right right before he turns on her completely, she says <laughs> like what, that line about the sun, uh, what good is the sun? When you can't see the sun, you have to have faith yeah. that it's still there. I'm butchering it, but that's the line. And he's like, okay, I get it. And finally she's like, basically tell him you need to trust me. And then he looks at something and just goes, oh, wait, I changed my mind. I don't trust you again. And it's like she just told him he needed to trust her. Like yeah. she was in control of the situation. She had a plan. He just needed to believe she she was in charge and fucking do your job which and he, don't worry about it. Which he refused to do, which is yeah. why I like a lot of those articles that went around. Like, this is the movie mm-hmm. that, like, really puts the people who are super into mansplaining, like, mm-hmm. in their place. Like, no, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. I like Listen when, to who's in charge. Like, yeah. when he's trying to mansplain on how to get away from the other ships and she just goes oh thank you for informing me of that yeah. <laughs> it's such a cute little like she wants to pat him on the headway she's so good in this movie <laughs> she's great and I'm making that dress yeah like, I'm sad I'm that good. she's only in this one but honestly yeah, the sacrifice amazing. was worth it in a way they, they, yeah. they went well, for the better character than a yeah. sellable character and we well, have that great moment yeah. between her and Leia um, yeah. Yeah. Which, it's just the so nice to see minty. two female characters yeah. just having a moment that is just about their experience and, yeah. and leadership. Claudia Gray has a book called uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, which is a really excellent exploration of their friendship mm. uh, that I highly recommend. Yeah. And, and there's something really cool about, like, it's not just two women having conversations. They're two women of power, like, yeah. who are in yeah. charge of the whole ship. Like, how many kids get to see that movies these yeah. days? It's like fucking none. Like, it's and awesome. And it's not just two women, because you got Leia and... Um... I keep forgetting her name. What was it? Holdo. Holdo. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the other woman underneath them with the, that they constantly do her mm. profile. They're all over 40. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then you have uh, not Leia's daughter, who's <laughs> her daughter in real life, who's giving, uh, she's giving orders at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like there's multiple women yeah. in power. You have the female pilot that is giving orders during the first bombardment. And, and- Rose. Fucking... Yeah, well, Puts Rose, Finn in his place left yeah, and does. right. And Rose Paige. gets yeah. to a place of power where she doesn't start there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one major complaint that I had with this movie, and I, I had it with Force Awakens too, uh, 
I don't feel like the the younger new filmmakers really know what to do with all of the legacy characters. Mm-hmm. Like clearly they write it like this one. They wanted a lot to do with Luke and Leia. The other one was tons with Han Solo, and they did a very good job with those characters. But when it comes to R two D two, C three PO, Chewie, like they're basically just Chewie's window not, dressing. Doesn't like, do anything in this movie. And like these weren't just characters that were just kind of fun to have on screen. They were people's favorite characters. I, well, and beyond that, the original trilogy was about two robots. It was always about two robots stumbling into misadventure. I mean, they were mostly the point character. Yeah, like, that's like, what I'm saying. They got you into every they, situation. They, like, George Lucas originally structured it to be that. And, of course, it, yeah. it changed because you can't have, like, two completely pass. You can't have, like, an R2-D2, like, controlling the shots because sure, yeah. he, he doesn't have hands. But, like, for the most part, they are the point characters, like yeah. you said. And that's the one thing I kind of miss about yeah. they New don't Star know Wars. what to do with C three PO makes nothing in this yeah. movie. I'm all right with that. And even yeah, BB eight is die. just kill it if you have to. Also, in, in in Revenge of the Sith, that whole long um, factory sequence just killed it for me. I no longer want to watch them doing anything. Oh, is that Attack of Clones? Yeah. Okay, well Attack I don't see how memorable it was. I don't want to watch them do anything ever again. I'm done. I don't disagree with you. But then lose the window dressing because like yeah, now we're just yeah. we're forcing these filmmakers to pay service forcing. to characters that they don't care about. True. Yeah. Um, and and I just I love I love robots in general. Like yeah. I you guys know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I love robots, and so to see them, it, it hurts more to see them sideline yeah. than it does to just not have them yeah. there. Like, I have that they... exact emotion towards Chewbacca yeah. because yeah. to me, Chewie was always a fully fleshed character, which in the books had his own voice, <laughs> and they. Well, stop doing that. I don't know why you want to do that. alert over here. You just like to be mean right now. Uh, but we had the advantage in the books that you could write his thoughts in English. And I understand you can't do that in the movies where you have to have someone translate for him. But even so, they made it work in the other films. Why can't you make it work in these? Why do you just put him as a nothing? If Han's gone, then he barely is comic important. Relief it's like he's not supposed to be comic relief. He's supposed to be as a, a supporting character. He's also really old, though. Like how old are Wookiees? Wookiees can live several hundred okay, years. Okay, so he's not so, that old. But like the the end of Awakens, it felt like it was promising. Like oh, so Leia will be Chewie's new right hand man. Like they should have like a really good budding friendship, and we get. A glimpse of that right. here and there, but so yeah, right. Uh, and it was just like, then he's just this. Yeah, you and, have the stupid thing with him eating or not eating the porg. Yeah, but like I'm. And that's fine. the porg already died. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, where the were the porg? Died where were the porgs nothing. guilting him when he was roasting it? Also, they were not scared enough of him. They were like no. coming up to him. He's eating one of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking get out of he, there! He already killed it. He skinned it. <laughs> yeah. He roasted it, and now you're putting on the guilt trip. But would you? If they you just saw, wanted some. If you yeah. saw, <laughs> <laughs> kids didn't speak porg. They were, if, if, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, if you like, saw a Wookiee like eating a human, would you walk and be like, please don't eat that human? And you'd be like, oh, fucking run. You know? No, those yeah. porgs just wanted some. And I know because yeah. I live with a porg. And when she makes that face, that means she wants you try whatever to get her I'm eating. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, I had read somewhere that the intention for the trilogy was that it was going to be structured where Ray would be mentored by a different member of the original trio each time. Mm. Now, because we unfortunately lost Carrie Fisher and theoretically episode nine was supposed to be the Leia movie. Yeah. I'm curious if they're going to repurpose the remaining original cast members uh, to fill that void somehow. I mean, I've heard a rumor they're planning on recasting her. No, I which I'm, I'm, kind I'm of actually on... okay with them recasting as long as they recast with the performance, not with a, like a celebrity, yeah. not Meryl Streep. Yes, yeah, not Meryl Streep. 
Go with somebody who can embody the character the same way. Have a very intensive uh, casting call, whatever. Put the effort in to find someone that can pull the essence of Leia. Because there's other actors out there that can do it. I normally would be okay with that, but I feel like in this instance, I love Carrie Fisher so much. And no she's one so replaced. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I there is no other you don't have to replace Carrie Fisher, but don't you don't have to get rid of Leia because of that. I, can I don't see, think I you see do. both sides of it, and I'll, I'll like I'll. She had so, I, I she had such a triumphant moment though when she finally when when she got to use the force and when she was oh, the survivor I with that. it. That was so cool. That. You know, I heard some people say it was terrible. I stood up and clapped. Her brother has just... magic powers. Her son oh. has magic powers. There's no fucking way she never asked them to teach yeah. her shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, she, she's always had it. Yeah. She's had some yeah. training. Yeah. Well, yeah that, like, he's the all-powerful like force messiah. She's his twin sister. Yeah. She has everything he has and also like a top-notch education and can uh, do it backwards in heels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Um, I heard a lo- one complaint I've heard is um, the humor, like the, the conversation between Hux and Oh, the Poe, way the movie opened. Yeah. And then Luke being kind of flippant. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I, I did not like the opening conversation. I'm happy they moved past that. I'm yeah. always ready to see a hot guy put a ginger in his place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I'm kind of... The thing nice. was, the first time when you sit down to watch it, and like I, I have a very good friend, I'm not sure if he's still listening to the show, but Tim, uh, if you're listening, hi Tim, um, but he, he thinks this is far and away the most offensive Star Wars film ever made. He hated it, and he hated it right from the get-go with that conversation, because mm. just like right out of the gate, it's like, this is a different Star Wars film, and like you know it right away, and if you watch the deleted scenes, they were going to hit that a lot harder Originally, what the original open was the sky, the ship going overhead just like normal. And as you pan down, you're not looking at space; you're looking at the fake back to tank that uh, John Boyega's in. Back mm-hmm. to suit. Back to suit. And it's like, oh wow, we're not even starting in space in this one. Like it was a way it, harsher. Like it was exactly like they did it in Aliens. It was really weird. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, I'm sure it's. And they did a version of that joke with the with the. It looks like it's a spaceship, and then it's the iron. Yeah, yeah. Which I, actually which I that love funny. that moment. That I thought that was so good. good. Yeah, like there, there's things in this movie that. It's like it, the the comedy is definitely different, but it, I don't think it takes away from the movie. Well, it's because they didn't lean into it too hard. Yeah, a lot that, of the deleted that, scenes yeah. are beginning comedy sequence, they took out, <laughs> which is a good idea. But that beginning sequence to me, I was just like, okay, are we going to go Marvel with this? But, oh. but then they stopped doing it right away. Like that was just yeah. the one sequence that was like that, so I was able to get past I it. I also think like the first time we see Poe, when, when Kylo Ren captures him, he's just like, who talks first? You talk first? I talk to them first. I can't see you with all that yeah, stuff in that, your that's face. Very like his... that's the same comedy. It's just shorter. Yeah. yeah. You know? But the, there's something... the difference between that and the conversation on the phone is that that's just Poe being Poe in that moment. They're not reacting to him the way that mm. he's acting mm. in the phone conversation that um, Hux. Hux. Hux Hux is replying to, he's acting the same sort of way, but in but Hux yeah. is that kind of like Hux is a little bitch. Yeah. He yeah. would he fall for that. Bitch, but I like, love the looks that he and Kylo Ren constantly <laughs> give yes. each other. Oh my the god! The, oh my god! I get to kill Kylo. Oh shit! He's awake. It's yeah. so <laughs> wonderful. You missed the window. Uh, throws him across. Yeah. The, yes, sir. Right away, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for Hux all the time. I'm like, how did you even get to this position? No one respects you. Yeah. Well, the thing is, he's re- he is a respected figure in the Force Awakens, and they repurposed him into comedic relief in the last 
Last Jedi, I think, to his benefit. Yeah. Yeah. I think it makes him stand out so much more than just the other guy in the First Order. Because Domhnall, Domhnall Gleeson is so good at selling that. Because yeah. he's, he's a funny dude, he and is. he's really good at playing this straight man. Yeah, yeah. that's why you cast him in Peter Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> I actually just want to see that. I, I kind of do, too. I don't yeah. know why. A critic I follow on Twitter, uh, like the when it came out, tweeted out, Peter Rabbit verdict. Not as good as Black Panther. <laughs> Still good. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other characters we haven't hit that I want to talk about. Or are there just things in the movie? Uh, um, we mentioned that the theme is failure, which I think is really important. The space uh, nuns. Space nuns. Nah, I don't really nuns. care about the space Aww. nuns. I, I, I like the space I nuns. I like how Ray... Have you ever met somebody who... No matter how hard you try, you always make a bad impression yeah. on them every single time. I really felt for Ray in all those moments <laughs> where she was making the space nuns' lives worse. Yeah, I really like that. Who is this girl? Why is she on our island? Has, has anyone else around the table watched the deleted scenes? I know I keep bringing mm-hmm, them up. Yeah. There is one where Luke is like fake teaching her a lesson. The third to, lesson that yeah, we never got. Yeah, to try to basically force her to like, anger and violence is not always the first place you should go. That's the lesson he's trying to teach her by lying to her that oh, there's <laughs> these marauders that come in once a month and they kill all the people there. Do you want to go they stop pillage. them? And he's like, and she's like, well, we got to go stop them. They're, they're going to die. He's like, but if you stop them, they're going to come back every week as opposed to every month. And they're going to come back stronger and more violent. So the Jedi would say, don't do anything. What do you want to do? And she just lights off for him, just like runs across the thing. It's a really beautiful shot. And I kind of sad they took it out, but it, it was another comedic punch. So she kicks open the door with a lightsaber ready to kick ass. And it's a wedding. And they're all just like, yeah, uh, they're just dancing, yeah. playing music, <laughs> and they're just kind of having a good time. And she's like, "Oh, I have a light stick, yay!" And she tries like, and it's, she does a little, whoom, whoom, yeah. and then they're like, "Woo!" <laughs> it's a very funny <laughs> moment, but like, it totally just downplays that thing. But it's the lesson we never got, and it was like a really good thing to get in there. Yeah, I think. I, I, but it was to play off that. It was yeah. one of actually my one of my favorite Luke moments that wasn't in the movie because because then he gets down there and she's like, "Why didn't you tell me like that I was actually wrong?" He's like. Well, I was going to, but you just ran so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I, I, um, I, I sort of have a lot of feelings about like his reaction to her when she starts to look into that dark hole, and he's just like, "You didn't even try to stop yourself. You just went right in." Well, okay, but remember how you went into a but, cave to explore your dark side that's, too? Like, that's, that's not him legitimately afraid of her doing that. That's him afraid that he's going to have another student fail. Yeah, because yeah. that's yeah. what Kylo did. Yeah. So I don't think that was because he gets over that. He still yeah. teaches her yeah. after that, but I. Think I think that's just like oh shit it's another one i'm fucked and he just yeah. freaks out and runs away yeah can we talk for a moment it's there's not really much to say but how great was it to see yoda it really it was, was. I especially him. his like haha luke you're dumb yeah yeah <laughs> it's just, it is like, time for stupid and books holy shit what how great was it to have a puppet yoda like it, yeah. it was, yes, you, was the, so the really differences nice. are appreciable and really nice i yeah. will be in the minority on this i was happy to see yoda i would have been happier to see obi-wan well yeah mm. we all you would yeah yeah, uh, but that's just because I'm very fond of the character of Obi-Wan, yeah. personally. I I appreciate that they still found time to bring back one of his old masters to make fun of him for being so pig-headed about this sort yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, You'll appreciate that and, my new dog's name is Obi-Wan. <gasps> yeah. do, do you call him Ben for short? I call him Obi. Oh, oh, I love uh, that so much. There is a, and I'm it really, does, I'm glad they brought back in the Force Ghost because it made me go, okay, so Mark Hamill can still be in the next one. Yeah. Because I, I thought Mark Hamill did oh, a phenomenal I, job in this He better be in the next one because he says to Kylo Ren, I'll see you around. Yeah, yeah. see you around, kid. So, it's so he good. He says, if you strike me down, I'll be following you. And even though he yeah. doesn't technically strike him down, he still does he, it. He's a haunt he, him every he now does and then. Which I find striking him down. really interesting that he basically says, if you strike me down, I'm going to stay with you. And then he's like, fuck like it, I'm going to strike you down. Yeah. 
but but like he does it. He he. I I don't know if he's just like fuck you. I'm gonna do it anyway. Or if in that moment he's like I'd kind of like that. You I, know? I think it was a fuck you. I'll do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. All right. Is I feel like we're, we've kind of hit the bottom of this. Is there anything else that we have not hit that people want to, or should we move into quotes? I know there's probably people listening going, No, you didn't talk about it. the fight against the Praetorian guards was cool. It was very cool. It was. That's the red cool. room of pain yeah. I yeah. want to yeah. see. It, yeah. it is possibly the coolest fight scene in all of I'm Star Wars. I'm not the biggest yeah. fan of their redesign from the original Red Guards, but but they're older. They're, they're yeah, they're, yeah, it's it new. Sense. It's yeah. good for a toy. And I like the new weapons. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it does stuff make we've sense had in that video they games would for make years that they finally yeah. brought into the movie. But I yeah. also <laughs> like one of the things I constantly preach about action scenes is the need to have plot forwarded by action scenes shouldn't just be a fight there should be plot happening or character development mm-hmm. happening and in that there's character development because you see her fighting and you see him fighting you see him check in with her to make sure she's doing okay mm-hmm. and then like her you see her doing creative problem solving to figure out how to get out of a danger like there's there's stuff going on and it's not just a fight it's them like yeah. becoming like they're becoming a unit they're you know in that brief moment they're it's the like, closest thing we'll ever see in a sex scene to Star Wars oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah legit yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow they're very in sync yeah. Um, does it bother I, anyone else that there's not a legit lightsaber fight in the whole or duel? In that the was movie? the most legit lightsaber but it, but fight. But there's no, there's no I'm not saying I feel this way, but like in every other Star Wars film, at one point or another, there will be two Jedi or Sith facing off at each other with. You couldn't have that in this movie because they're doing away with the Jedi and the Sith. Yeah, that's what was so special about this. It was a sex scene that gave birth to something new. Hey. And also, not every Star Wars movie. Rogue One. Rogue One's not an episode. No, but you said Star Wars movie. Sure, okay, but every episode... Wait, we're really getting into semantics on this episode. (laughs) But he's he's just bringing that up because that's one of the things that the haters bring up on the internet. Yeah, and that's totally... But it's one of the... I'm done trying to argue Because they all decided what the movie should be like and anything that does not fit their exact plan. And they decided it right after Force Awakens ended. Like, all right, so this will be the next movie. And then when it wasn't that movie, they went, well, what the fuck? It is the the running problem with every form of fandom right now Mm. where if you don't fulfill these certain people's orgasmic expectations you failed miserably and it's awful Good and luck, i hate Marvel it and infinity wars yeah uh. there is there is a writer named sam sykes who first off everybody should follow on twitter because he's very good at it but he he tweeted out something shortly after the new movie came out that essentially traced uh the evolution of fandom from i love this to i own this mm. to i must destroy this um and it's been really interesting to watch the internet speed up that process. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. There was always like a certain entitlement to what Star Wars could and couldn't be uh, back when we lived in the Dark Ages where there weren't new movies coming out. But yeah. now, since it's become a content mill, uh, it's just become so much worse. That's why oh, yeah. when, I, when I cited at the very beginning about how I was surprised that the haterade started so soon because when Disney bought Star Wars and said they were going to make all these movies, I was just like, okay. All right. I kind of got an idea of what's going to happen. It'll be interesting to see how it flushes out. People will all be very excited right away, but how long will it take for people to start hating it? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to take at least four movies. Well, I thought we'd be at two. The, I thought we'd be at the next trilogy. Oh, like, it's I thought- in- Oh, sorry. I thought when they kicked off the next trilogy, people were like, we're doing another one of these things? Didn't we just do this? This is stupid. Yeah. I thought we'd at I least was, get through I'm the honestly surprised oh. it's already happened so oh, No, we didn't so get through harshly. the first trailer. Remember what everybody said when they saw a black stormtrooper? They fucking oh, yeah. flipped a shit. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think that's where, too, you have to remember that the internet and like nerd internet is a very specific and actually smaller than you'd expect it's echo chamber. It's a toxic place. Yeah, because mm-hmm. people still- But they're just still, super loud. Most people love this movie. Yeah. 
Most yeah. people loved it enough to see it again. And and I think, too, that's where we have to acknowledge, like, Star Wars is a multi-billion dollar franchise. It's not for nerds anymore. No. Mm-hmm. And that's where mm-hmm. it's really fascinating to see this clash of, like, old guard, like, people that feel ownership of this franchise versus people that are keeping it afloat by being the ones to actually pay for yeah. it. It's, see the, it's the same reason anybody like hates, like you want people you like to like your thing, but at the same time you hate when too many people like your thing. Cause it's like, this is my thing. You like it. It lessens it somehow. If everyone likes it, well, it's not, spe- I'm not special anymore for knowing about this thing and liking it. I guess it's so dumb. Um, let's move into quotes, 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 quotes. I have one. There's so many. Yeah, my my very favorite quote, and there were a lot of very good. This is probably the most quotable Star Wars movie, uh, I think. Um, but my favorite one is when Luke says to Rey, and this is the lesson: the Force does not belong to the Jedi. To say that the light ends when the Jedi do is vanity, because it that is. to me, that is that to me is a message to the old guard. Star Wars does not belong to you. Star Wars belongs to everybody. You don't get to define what Star Wars is. We all define what Star Wars is together. We all take different meanings from it. None of them are invalid. None of them negate each other. And we all need to learn to let go of the past. Yeah. And just try to take those feelings and be a positive person with it and not be terrible. That's the internet for you. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, internet, for listening to this episode, by the way. Um, (laughs) uh, My quote is nowhere near as poignant, but I still really like it. Um... Mine comes from Rose, uh, and it's it's a moment where like I love that Rose is was so infatuated with the idea of Finn, and then after getting to meet him, just does not give a fuck, and will just call him out on everything. And when they're on um, Snoke's ship, and they're like, "All right, so we got the thing down. Uh, we need to get out of here." And he goes, "I know where all the escape pods are." And she just goes, "Oh, I know where all the escape pods are." And she looks at him and goes, "Of course you do." <laughs> <laughs> It's such a great. Like, <laughs> her killing her hero worship is one of my favorite parts. It's of so movie. good. She still falls in love with him, which is weird. I don't think she does. I'm, not she, I, you know, I'm kind of okay with it because that, the whole. I just it wasn't. She just enough, wanted but, to kiss a hot yeah, guy while she was wanted, in pain. She thought she was dying. We've all been there. Uh, <laughs> my oh, favorite, everyone on that ship is made out with Poe. It's oh hard God. for me <laughs> to actually choose a favorite quote because there are so many great moments in this movie. So I'll just choose the one that I thought was. Just very humorous for her character with Ray, because uh, when she said to Luke, it's like moving rocks and shit, right? <laughs> and then at the end, when she's saving the entire moving resistance, rocks. she gets she. It's almost like resigned. She huffs, goes, <sighs> moving rocks, <laughs> and then raises all the rocks. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> Which all fall very quietly to the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slow it down when they're falling. And uh, Poe has a hard on during that entire scene. Oh right yeah. Now. Oh, for sure. Well, oh, I so like when they. To go say hi to he always, yeah, when though? he introduces her, and you're like, "Oh shit, they haven't met." That's yeah. so weird. Yeah. Yeah, but it was kind of cool for them to address that. Yeah. yeah, I just love that. I'm right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we know who you are. <laughs> kind of hard to mistake for anybody else. Mine is um, actually two two quotes in one, really, because uh, I found this kind of fascinating. That Holdo says uh, when when Leia's hurt and she takes over, she says, "We are the spark." spark we are the spark that will light the fire that will restore the resistance. Later, after she dies, at the end of the movie, Poe says, we are the spark that will light the fire that will burn the First Order down. And I find that fascinating that he changed the quote to be way more violent. <laughs> way he more has character. learned guys. nothing. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it fun how it's Poe Dameron's direct fault that the Resistance went from being a fleet to fitting on the Millennium Falcon? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. then, and not only that, it's also his fault. Like, it's his fault two times over. <laughs> like, 
stop letting him make decisions. Oh, but he's so pretty. You just want to keep him around. I love Poe, yeah. but oh my god, someone but needs to stop him. I feel like we just shat on him periodically. Yeah, this episode, episode, like, oh, which is way, really it's all he deserves. This movie, it's all he deserves. He's a great character, but because he's a shit. Yeah. So my quote is when. Ray and Kylo have just knocked out the Praetorian Guard, and he says, you know, the truth about your parents, say it. She says, they were nobody. And he says, they were filthy junk traders, sold you off for drinking money. They're dead in a pauper's grave in the Jakku Desert. You come from nothing. You are nothing, but not to me. And it's, it was devastating. It was, I think, like, kind of in that context, it would have been so convincing. And the fact that she takes this moment and still says no she doesn't let him get to her. She yeah. makes her own choice. Is so powerful because mm-hmm. someone who's looked for family for so long, and yeah. here he is offering. Because he's so sincere, I think, in that moment. But it's so dangerous. And I've heard a lot of people say that scene is uh, he's being very manipulative, and I'm like, I don't think it is. It might I be accidentally manipulative. He's but he's he means man- it. He's, he means it yeah. he, oh, he means it, and it is a manipulative statement. I mean, he's he's tearing her down so that she'll yeah, want you can be him. Yeah. Both. yeah, yeah, and and I think he really means it in that moment. But it just that just shows how dangerous he is and it's yeah. to her credit I, I mean i've certainly fallen for that before in my yeah. life and it's to her credit that she says no and is so sure of herself like yeah. that is her most powerful moment in the yeah. film yeah if only we could all be that powerful yeah uh, is that everybody yeah quotes yeah. quotes quotes okay so review system for today uh i think is going to be more difficult than i intended to be but i'm going for it anyways any other star wars film just name a Star Wars film? You have to review it with the Star Wars film. You can't just name oh, it. I've That's got one. I mean, like, go for it. I'm going to go with Rogue One because it's also filled with attractive people that I would. <laughs> 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 no, but like seriously, they both feel like something new and yeah. fresh in the Star Wars universe. Um, with like too much fan service paid to C-3PO and R2-D2 in a way that hurts me. Yeah. Don't tease me. I'll go with a... Uh, wait. Which one? Oh yeah, Empire Strikes Back because it for a large part of that movie, Luke is separated from the main group and they're off doing their own thing. And he also goes into the dark place, and so does she. So yeah. there's a lot of parallels between them. Hmm. You can use the same one if you have a different explanation for it. That's totally fine. I will review the Last Jedi with and compare it to the Last Jedi because it is incomparable. <laughs> Okay, that works. <laughs> Smooth. Uh, I am going to go A New Hope, and uh, mostly just based on the name. Um, not because the films are really in any way similar, but they basically, both films kind of went, hey, here's a whole new thing that people can just go nuts with, and this one did the same thing, and it kind of gave me a new hope, if you will, for where the franchise will go. Yeah. I guess I'll go with my personal favorite, which is always uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, because in Return of the Jedi is kind of the polar opposite of this movie because everything in Return of the Jedi is about fixing what's wrong and uh, for the most part everyone succeeds and everyone is able to overcome the problems that they're facing and then end on a very happy note Uh, and it has my favorite scene in all Star Wars movies where Luke is being taunted by Vader and he's like sister you have a sister and it goes through all the stuff and for a moment you think Luke is failing you think Luke is giving into it and he's going to turn dark but then he doesn't and in this movie Ray never really 
looks like she's falling. Uh, this is, movie is a, very much an opposite to Return of the Jedi in many ways because it is about the Jedi ending when Return of the Jedi is about the Jedi hopefully being restored. So they're very great within their own merits but have a very different message. Yeah, I think they're the worst. Yeah. Um, was that everybody? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So that brings today's episode to a close. Uh, we will do a quick round of plugs and whatnot and then get out of this. Um, so next week, uh, I'm not sure which movie's coming out uh, next. We have four movies on our docket that we're going to record over the next two weeks. Uh, they are Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, we're doing a comic book battle for the new Avengers film coming out. Uh, and that's going to be any movie that is not DC or Marvel. Oh. So non-DC mo- DC or Marvel I thought we were going to compete movies. with the actual comic books. And I was like, oh, Dibs oh. on Bitch Planet. Oh, no, okay. no, no. Comic <laughs> movies that are not made by DC or Marvel. Um which I'll be a little squishy on that if it's like a DC owned property, but not in an actual DC canon. Yeah, because you have to okay. whether or not Vertigo like and yeah, or yeah, like that sort of stuff. Yeah, so if it's owned, that's okay. But if it's like Batman, you know, does have to be a movie. Spider-Man, preferably yeah, a movie, okay. but we can discuss. So that it could later. be like V for Vendetta or Scott Pilgrim, Vendetta, yeah, those surrogates yeah. or Kickass. Yeah, any of those would work, um, or the one that I'll pick, which will win, which I'll say later. Mm. Uh, Shut up. I have two that I'm debating between. They're two of the greatest movies ever made, so I've already won. Don't worry about it. Um, Ghost World's actually on the table as well. Yeah, Ghost World's on the movie? That's not... Lord of the Rings weren't comics, Brian. Uh, Is Bar- isn't Barbed Wire also based on a yes, comic book? Yes, it is. Okay. I own a couple of shows. Don't take my choice. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, but that's, uh, yeah, that's what we have coming up. Uh, be sure to check out uh, our new show, uh, which still has not come out as of this release yet, but will be coming out shortly, uh, which is n- former co-host Nick Friedman and I going through every single episode of Venture Brothers and reviewing them. That is called The Venture Bros. Uh, that's everything for me. You stretched on that title. Yeah, I know. It was, it was idea. my idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's spelled the same, but it's yeah. different. Uh, I, I like it. Um, that's it for me. Uh, Chewie, do you have anything to plug? I'm not working on anything right now other than making a baby. Yeah, you're working on a kid. Uh, so, I don't know. Plug watching a bunch of uh, movies about babies and whether or not you like that. Fair enough. Emily, anything to plug? <laughs> this is, I still so shit. <laughs> That's emilyblakesos.com. <laughs> Not I just Why still isn't so isn't it emilyblakesoshit.com? That it would should be. have been. Oh, I wasted my life. <laughs> Too bad you don't have a time machine. Uh, Sam? Um, I, I guess continue to watch the Grinch trailers as they appear in, in theaters. Slowly. I haven't really seen many new things coming out we only had the first trailer that just released in front of a wrinkle okay. in time oh okay the next one won't be out till june uh, but okay. those posters are dope am i right <laughs> mostly i enjoy your posts about it like having yeah. a picture with laddie in front of the post oh yeah really we liked yeah so if you follow my dog at saint underscore laddie you will see her delightful grinch poster version <laughs> this is pretty awesome uh paul anything to plug uh, you know, because uh, my gourds are growing. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't have anything new to plug at the moment, but uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I am at not like Freddie. I mostly tweet about uh, old anime and pictures of my cat and, and a lot of like food. Oh, okay. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say you also like get really angry at racism and and uh, stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I hate racism. I'm not. A, <laughs> like, I, I I belong to a lot of fandoms, but racism is not one of them. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, not like Freddie uh, because my last name is Kruger, and it, believe me, I've heard the joke before. <laughs> Do you hear it every time you go on a date with a girl? <sighs> 
That's a yes. <laughs> uh, okay, thank you very much, for Paul, coming out. Uh, Sam for sitting in for John and everyone else for listening. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye. It's always fun. Bye.